You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Yeah, Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Now, don't be hasty, Master Miriado. Is this new devil Okay, so I don't what <laughs> Hello. That's the word. Okay, I'm gonna try that one more time. <laughs> and welcome. Yes. Hello and welcome. <laughs> you want to read Tolkien. Today we are discussing Return of the King, Book Five, Chapter Two, The Passing of the Grey Company. Which, if you will recall, last time Caitlin was very excited about, and her excitement was not disappointed. Yay. Yay! And I am that aforementioned Caitlin. That was a weird way to do that, but it's done now. <laughs> and um, and I'm like a daylight person now. And it's wild. It's not wild. quite adjusted. It's just so weird. It's, it's been so it's long since I've great. known you as a daylighter. I know. It's, um, it's very strange. I've not yet slept through the night. So that's fun times. Takes some getting used to, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm Rachel, and I just learned they apparently made a Scooby-Doo movie with Kiss. Like, the band. Wait, why? What? Uh, this movie apparently came out in 2015. So, um, it's amazing. Recently. Wait, but the also, animated one? Yes. Wasn't there an, or did an animated one come out, like, last year, didn't it? I mean, there's, there they've made an lots animated of animated Scooby-Doo out. movies. Oh, it's coming out. It, this was not like a major feature release film, but they have made uh, Scooby-Doo movies consistently for the past like 25 years, <laughs> uh, featuring a- mostly the same cast, which um, I note because uh, Daphne is Grey Delisle, a.k.a. Azula. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I would not recognize her as a person, but I definitely would recognize her voice. Right? So I have a question. Yes. A follow-up question to this information. Why do you know this? <laughs> uh, because we just saw it on TV and I just watched like a half hour of it. It's a ride, guys. Okay, follow That's... up to the follow up. Why did you think it was worth sharing? Uh, be- because <laughs> you this... don't want to know about terrible movies. You want to know this the terrible is an movie? amazing piece of information. Uh, I watched a movie called The Tooth Fairy today on my way to skiing, which <laughs> if you don't know it, it's about Dwayne the Rock the Johnson. Rock? Yeah. Yes. And he is a terrible hockey player and kind of a douche and then he becomes like cursed to be a tooth fairy until he can change for the better i'm not sure how it ends there was like 20 minutes left and then i got off the bus amazing i know and what is your name that's true (laughs) i'm emmy and that was not the intro i planned for myself i was really excited to share that i got star wars toms guys they're so cool we're all about the ip today guys yep yeah well not me Okay, find something to share, Caitlin, that is relevant. 
I'm newly obsessed with Fire Emblem. There oh, you go. there you go. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's dig into the chapter a bit. We have characters in this chapter. We're going back to our... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are some of them. They exist. No, we get to go back to, uh, to our faves. Um, so we have uh, Aragorn. He's back. Uh, he's heir to the throne of Gondor, which matters once again. Uh, we have Gimli, <laughs> who's my fave. We have Legolas, my other fave. We have They're Mary. All our favorites. They're it's all true. good dogs, Brent. <laughs> uh, Mary, poor Mary, has been left behind without Pippin, and then he's left behind by everyone else too. It's really sad. God, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mention it later, so I'm just gonna bring it up now. I also enjoyed how it was like this is a Mary chapter. Just kidding. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> This is a Gimli chapter. Just kidding. We're actually just sort of watching Aragorn. All of the oh above God, is true. true. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we also have uh, Theoden, who's king of Rohan, and Aomer, his nephew, who's been off in battle with him. Uh, and we get back to Eowyn, who is Theoden's niece, who's the most relatable and also, remember, has been left behind this whole time. Uh, still we, a badass. We have a, a big old... Uh, you know, comeback chapter for a couple of characters we met like 10 years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Elrohir and Aladan, who are the sons of Elrond, and literally no one knows who is who. It doesn't matter. They're Elrond's sons. <laughs> That's it. Uh, we also meet some new people, a uh, guy named Halbarad and some other Dunedain from the north. So these are, you know, rangers slash long-lived humans, kinsmen to Aragorn, who ride on down. Uh, we meet new horses, which is notable Yay. because Tolkien takes the time to name them and stuff. And um, we also meet some dead people. They don't have names, but they're there. They kind of matter. So, you know, I guess they're characters. God, it's so, so true. I the, horses, the horses merit more effort than the dead people for Tolkien. No kidding. I completely skipped all the naming of the horses. Oh, yeah. When I was doing the notes. That's okay, because they just named a bunch of horses who feasibly will ride into battle and die later. So, you know, we don't have to worry about it too much. Right. Um, but in this chapter, Mary is not to be outdone by Pippin in pledging service, and Aragorn decides that the only way to defeat Sauron is by enlisting dead folk who used to worship Sauron to help them. I've got to question the battle strategy here, but um, it works out in the end, so... Spoilers! Okay, long summer. We are back with Aragorn and Mary and Legolas and Gimli at Isengard. And I note that because it never says that in this chapter. <laughs> and it took me a while to figure out where they were starting <laughs> off from. I totally thought they were at Edoras already or or even thought, at Helm's Deep. I just sort of. I thought they were at Helm's yeah, Deep. And then right. they ride for a bit and get to Helm's Deep. And I was like, wait, wait I'm confused. And then I remembered we were still at Isengard. So they're at Isengard, and then they're about to head out and ride back to Edoras with a stop at Helmsteep, as we just discussed, with the Rohirrim, and are contemplating their respective paths, and Mary Super doesn't want to be left behind. Poor baby. The whole company sets out and soon hears riders coming up behind them. They turn, ready to fight, but it turns out to be the Dunedain, a.k.a. the Rangers of the North, friends of Aragorn. Biffles. Also with Best friends forever. I'm just saying. Did you just say nipples? Biffles. <laughs> No, I still think you're saying nipples. <laughs> no, what did you say? <laughs> Biffles. Best friends. It's like best friends f- for life. You're saying, 
BFFLs, Biffles. And then there are some people actually who say best friends forever for life, which I've always thought was just hysterical. I'm sorry, do people actually make that Biffle noise? <laughs> no, it's from a commercial. Okay. What? Okay, anyways, this is an American thing, I'm going to assume, and we're going to just move on. I think uh, Emmy's just hallucinating. It's possible, too. <laughs> also with them are Elrond's sons, Elodin and Elro here. Elro here delivers a message from Elrond saying, The days are short. If thou art in haste, remember the paths of the dead. Aragorn isn't thrilled about this message. No, it's a shitty message. Yeah. <laughs> but I just love how quickly he changes his mind. Because here he's like, no, sir. And then by the next page, he's like, yep, we're taking the paths of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> is it just me or is like Aragorn easily influenced by his friends? It's one I mean, of those, he doesn't like, like making decisions. So. It's so true. Yeah, this like, is... That's a terrible decision. Like, no, this is the worst idea ever. And then it's like, you know what? I thought about it and I've decided you're right. I don't like... What the heck, Aragorn? I thought about it, and if we do what you say, I don't have to choose. <laughs> yep, I don't have to come up with anything better. Uh, one of the Dunedain, Halberad, is carrying a furled standard, and Aragorn asks him about it. Aragorn, you carry around a broken sword. Well, it's not broken anymore. No, but like, come on. Really? You're gonna go after a standard? Okay, so here's what Halberad has to say about it. It is a gift that I bring you from the Lady of Rivendell. She wrought it in secret, and long was the making, but she also sends word to you. The days now are short. Either our hope cometh, or all hopes end. Therefore, I send thee what I have made for thee. Farewell, Elfstone. And then Aragorn is like, ah, yes, I know what it is. <laughs> like, literally, he's like, ah, uh, yep, that thing. Gotcha. Which, to be fair, if she's been making it for a long time, I guess he would know about it. But still, but yeah, it's I guess, just like, I guess what? This, this is how the uh, the movie translated that whole conversation where she's like, no, it's fine. You'll, you're still there. You'll be better than him, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That they actually do talk about these things and have meaningful relationship conversations. No. They don't translate Anyways, well to TV. <laughs> I bring this up here because both this book and, and the movie, um, in their interpretation of the scene with Elrond, have interesting uses of the word hope, which is, of course, what El um, Elrond, uh, Aragorn's childhood name was. Ah. What? When he was living at Rivendell, oh. Rivendell as a kid, his name was Estelle, which means hope oh. in Sindarin. My brain so has just they... exploded. Yeah, mind blown. Yeah. So in the movie, during that bit where Elrond says, you know, I give hope to men, and Aragorn ah. says, I keep none for myself. It can ah. double play there. Ah. You just blew our minds. Caitlin. <laughs> Apparently I did. You and said it like it was just there. like a well-known fact. It is not, I, thought it I don't was. think. I don't know. Did other people know that? Have I just not been paying attention for my whole life? God, I don't know. that is I... so cool. I love that shit. Anyways, so whenever you hear anybody talking to Aragorn about hope, I do think uh, Tolkien was having some fun there, which oh, yeah. I like. Me too. So. The Dunedain join the group, and they ride the rest of the night to reach Helm's Deep. Then they sleep. Mary sleeps in and is woken by Legolas and Gimli, uh, the latter of whom cannot help but boast about his winning death count. Which is fair. That's I what mean, I would do, on. too. Yeah. Over here is where I won this game. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the three gossip a bit about the newcomers to the party and the change that has come over Aragorn now that they're here. 
In short, Aragorn has been brooding and the Dunedain are stoic, but nice enough if they talk to you. <laughs> yep, sounds about right. Uh, Legolas and Gimli briefly mention if they should go explore the caves now, but Legolas insists they wait until after the war so that they have plenty of time. Aww. If I didn't know already, if I didn't already know how this ends, I would assume one of them was going to die here since they're making plans for after the war. It does have yeah. a very much a, uh, That's the vibe. you know, we'll talk about who your mother was when I return <laughs> <laughs> vibe. No, it's true. And usually that's when you're like, all right, this character's never coming back. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they also, when discussing the Dunedain, mentioned that it would be nice if their own people could send some folk to help out. But Legolas sort of looks off into the middle distance and says something ominous about uh, them not needing to ride off for war for uh, ride off to war for war will be coming to them. Way to bring up the mood. Just lifting everyone's spirits all the time. Uh, so when they all go to lunch, Mary sits next to Theoden and learns that he is to ride with the Rohirrim. They have a, a nice little hill pony for him. <laughs> he very quickly swears service to the king and says, you shall be as a father to me, which I think is rather bold to just sort yeah, of say to someone. Right? To a king? But, yeah, but overall, this scene is is kind of cute. And I like it a lot. It, I, it, it's a nice foil to Pippin in the last chapter, but I immediately thought, is Mary's father still alive? <laughs> like his I, actual one back in the Shire? There's a good question. I genuinely don't know off the top of my head. But I'm also over here like, is Theoden just like, like, is that a thing where he's like the father of Rohan? You know, like how kings are the father to their people or something? Is that like, he was like, I'm going to be a citizen of Rohan now. I don't know. I do think... Like, it also says that Mary is overcome for, with love for this old man. And I, it's just a oh, cute buddy. scene. So I I did really like it. I also, but I just thought saying, like, <laughs> I get the idea of thinking of, like, a an older a person who you look up to as, like, a stand-in parent type figure. But I don't know anybody who would declare that to them. Yeah. You know, like, I'll think of you as a father. Also, okay. remember, <laughs> he, he basically only just met Theoden. Yeah. Right, like, like a week we've, ago, we've we've no, met like him and the day yeah, before. like that day. Oh, you're right, right? because he was off he was at, at Isengard and stuff. Like, yeah. he well, I, we don't just know how long this it took dude. to travel. To be fair, I'm just saying it could be like three days. Now I'm trying to think. Maybe they weren't at Isengard. Maybe they were just in the middle of nowhere. Well, they definitely because... came from Isengard, though. That was the last place right, we yeah, left yeah. them. Well, because uh, Pippin oh, no, looks at the stone when they're camping in the middle of the. But they had ridden out. They had ridden out from Isengard. They had they had left, and then the uh, the the uh, Nazgul flew over right. overhead. Yes, and so they'd ridden out from Isengard. The thing flew a- a- ahead, and also everything happened with Pippin, and then Pippin and Gandalf. So they must have off. just been in a field somewhere nearer to Isengard than yeah. Helm's Deep. Yes. Okay. Either way. I still thought we were starting at Helm's Deep and was so confused <laughs> when we then reached Helm's Deep. I, yes. It's, it's very been weird like for Tolkien to abandon a month since like we that. read Two Towers. Although, no, because we had Frodo in the middle. So it's fair that we've forgotten everything. Okay, great. I mean, we yes. do a podcast. Maybe not <laughs> okay. fair, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we have a reason. <laughs> Is it a good reason? Probably not, but it's there. Laziness. It's plain and simple. Yep. Also, All like, right. we're so, well aware of Tolkien's obsession with geography, and, like, we forget a lot of it because he just goes on and on and on. And also, he comes back to it. He repeats himself. So, like, you don't need to pay attention the first time, because you're going to hear about it three or four more times. Aragorn 
never showed up for lunch, but he does appear as they're all getting ready to go. And according to Mary, he looks real grim. Yeah, because he's going to go chase some dead people. I think Mary goes on for like sentences about how he looks like a changed man and not in a good way. <laughs> Aragorn asks Aramur how long until they reach Dunharrow. Aragorn asks Aramur how long until they reach Dunharrow. Aramur goes on for a paragraph about the time and the moon and I don't even know what. And then Aragorn sums up with three days. Okay, that's too long for me. He and the Dunedain and the two elves are going to take those paths of the dead that were foreshadowed on the previous page. Everyone thinks this is a bad plan, as no one alive has ever come out of there. Aragorn wants Legolas and Gimli to come with, but Mary to stay with the Rohirrim. Not sure if that's rude, rude or not. I, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, to be fair, they've had to rescue Mary a few times, but this last time, you know, they don't know. Mary could have proven himself. They just weren't there. And well, it's not like they're telling Mary, we want you to stay behind and be safe. He's like, we want you to ride off to war with these folks instead of, with us. you know, come to face the ghosts with us. Yeah. So, I don't know. But it so is also kind of like saying, Legolas and Ghibli, yes, Mary, <laughs> no. <laughs> Which always kind of sucks. Yeah. Ouch. That hurts me. So the Rohirrim ride off. Aragorn is sad to be saying goodbye to people. And uh, something is revealed to us by the Dunedain. And I am going to read the paragraph because I like Because it. it's a good paragraph. So Aragorn says, <clears throat> there go three that I love and the smallest, not the least. He knows not to what end he rides, yet if he knew, he would still go on. A little people, but of great worth, are the Shire folk, said Halvorad. Little do they know of our long labor for the safekeeping of their borders, and yet I grudge it not. So, the Dunedain of the North have been keeping bad people out of the Shire. But, yeah, no, and that is very interesting, because, like, they never see humans in the Shire. But, um, here's my question. Who does Aragorn love the least? Uh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Aramur, just because he's sort of the newest, right? Because he's known, he's known Theoden all of Theoden's life, because Theoden's the oldest. Right. That's true. That's fair. Not okay. Theoden. Oh, yeah, because Theoden's old. Well, you know, because yeah, Aragorn not, is older than Theoden, is what I was trying to say. He went to war with Theoden's grandfather, right? So, yes. According to the movies, I've not looked that up, so Me I, either. Don't, I don't want to yeah. say. Um, I, I love this bit, because it also just sort of felt like another of those little, you know, tidbits of a person who went through war like mm. you know going going off to you know the european mainland to fight so that people can grow up in in england feeling safe and you know kids who think you know right, yeah who, who have their innocence you know and don't realize how bad it was like they went and fought and people died for that uh, for their right you know for for their ability of their children to feel innocent and it's kind of that sort of that sort of feeling that you know saying that like it must have sucked so hard for those adults to watch those kids grow up and go off to world war ii mm-hmm. yeah like right? shit like, that's they it we, we fought for it. that and wow that was deep rachel and also very sad yeah anyways we're well, gonna on from the downer that is world war ii and one continuously uh, so then, uh, Aragorn sits everyone down and tells them what has changed his mind about the paths of the dead. Dun dun dun! He looked into the plantier. Oh, Always a good. That yeah. <laughs> See, since I forgot about the existence of the plantier last episode, <laughs> is all I can think of when they, whenever they come up. Oh, that thing where Caitlin was stupid. <laughs> See, even so, I read. I. I- had forgotten this happened entirely and he was like oh yeah i looked into the phalangier and i was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> you did 
did like, what? I reacted exactly how all the characters did. <laughs> uh, everyone is taken aback. Gimli is rather vocal about this, but Aragorn points out that he is the rightful master of the stone and can do what he wants with it. So shut wow. your face. He's Rude, Aragorn. Actually, I was going to say he's slightly nicer about it than that, but I don't think he really is. I don't know. Anyways, and he judged that he had the strength to use it, which proved judged true, but just barely. Yeah, judged by what? How did you judge? What do you know about Palantir's? Well, I mean, he's older than anybody else in this room. Well, some of the... Ju- I forgot that over here in Elodin are there. No, I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but when you said he's older than anyone else in this room, I really, for a second, I thought you meant, like, this room that we're talking us? in. Yeah, he's older than us, and I was about to be like, wow. <laughs> this digital yeah. room that we are in. I mean, that's true. That, that is, is actually kind true. of what I meant, that he's older than us. <laughs> he genuinely might be the youngest person in that room. Because of everybody's <laughs> long-lived there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all the Junidane. So, uh, he, presumably Aragorn, drew a deep breath. It was a bitter struggle, and the weariness is slow to pass. I spoke no word to him, and in the end, I wrenched the stone to my will. That alone he will find hard to endure. And he beheld me. Yes, Master Gimli. He saw me, but in other guise than you see me here. If that will aid him, then I have done ill. But I do not think so. To know that I lived and walked the earth was a blow to his heart, I deem, for he knew for he knew it not till now. The eyes in Orthanc did not see through the armor of Theoden, but Sauron has not forgotten Isildur and the sword of Elendil. Yeah, blah, blah, I mean, blah, it's some other stuff. Really, this whole bit is like the moment where I was like, "Oh dang, he's like side to be kingly now." He's okay, but up. The, I mean, the best part about this is, is yet to come because it's so stupid. But I mean, <laughs> I'm fair. I'm so excited for it. I I was literally like out for a walk while listening to the audiobook, and I burst into laughter because it was so dumb. Anyways, <laughs> we will get there. I'm really, I'm really excited. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm excited too now. So, after bending the stone to his will, he saw that a peril is approaching Minas Tirith from the south that no one is expecting. And if help does not arrive within ten days, the city will be lost. Aragorn says he has no help to send, so he must go himself, and the quickest way is through the paths of the dead. And he mentions that the sons of Elrond brought a message from their father, which is, Bid Aragorn remember the words of the seer and the paths of the dead. What seer, you ask? Has this been mentioned before? Foreshadowed at all? No. (laughs) Great, 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 great. Yep. So, thus spoke Malbeth the seer in the days of, in the days of Arvadui? Sure. Arvedui? You know what? Commit to it. I think that sounds great. Last king at Fornost, said Aragorn. Over the land These are all words that I shadow. definitely know. <laughs> Sorry? I said these are all words I definitely know. <laughs> Yeah, right? We've heard about Malbeth the Seer throughout this story, and it makes sense <laughs> that this prophecy would come up now, right? I totally know totally. where Fornost is. Yeah. <laughs> Fornost. Fornost. <laughs> oh, well. I totally know what this place is even called. Over the land there lies a long shadow, westward, reaching wings of darkness. The tower trembles to the tombs of kings, doom approaches. The dead awaken, for the hours come for the oath breakers. At the stone of Eric they shall stand again, and hear there a horn in the hills ringing. Whose shall the horn be? Who shall call them from the gray twilight to the forgotten people? The heir of him to whom the oath they swore. From the north shall he come, need shall drive him. He shall pass the door to the paths of the dead. So, fun fun times. I mean, as far as, uh, as far as prophecies go, that's uh, very direct. <laughs> well, there's also like a lot of questions in it. 
And it's like, who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? And like, you're the prophecy right? maker person. <laughs> Seer is the word I was going for. <laughs> so Aragorn goes on to explain that Isildur made a deal with the men of the mountain when he first arrived from Numenor that they would fight with them against Sauron. The king of the mountain men agreed, but it turned out that they had actually worshipped Sauron uh, before... I guess before Sauron went over to Numenor. So they decided not to come to Isildur's aid. And so Isildur cursed them. To rest never until your oath is fulfilled, for this war will last three years uncounted, and you shall be summoned once again ere the end. Uh, They then basically hid away in the mountains and died off, but obviously still didn't find any rest. The part that always gets to me about this is like, Isildur had that power? Yeah. So I was trying to figure out... At first, I thought maybe it worked so well because he did it after he like he did the curse after he had the ring. But from what I could tell, that is not accurate. It was sort of mid-war that he cursed them. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just you know someone up there liked him. Well, that's accurate. Mandos, especially Mandos since- agreed. Mandos was like, "It's been a while since I rot any doom." Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but I mean, he hadn't like fucked up with the ring yet, so it's possible that you know. They did still like him because his like heir to Numenor status. Mm-hmm. Elendil would have still been alive if he didn't have the ring yet. But I, it's too bad that it didn't happen after the war because I think it would have made one hundred percent sense if he'd cursed them with while he was owner of the ring and it worked. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. But from my quick Google yesterday, it didn't look like that is accurate. Could be wrong. Well, I don't think so. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas then join the Dunedain at the horses, plural. I was like, was that a... Anyways, join the Dunedain at the horses and take the fast ride to Edoras across the plains. Baden is taking the slower mountain path. Unsure why? I, genuinely? I, I, I deeply did not understand this. Yeah. Probably so that he but, could mention the mountain path. I don't know. I'm un- yeah. I, I, maybe they're trying to hide? I, I genuinely don't. Maybe we'll find out more about why that is happening in the next chapter. Because right now it just reeks of they needed Aragorn to get there before them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Anyways, know. they carry on quickly to Dunharrow, uh, where Eowyn greets them. Everybody's names in this chapter sound very fucking similar. Yes. That's how you know they're from Rohan. <laughs> well, also Aragorn and Eowyn and... Oh, fucking fuck. <laughs> okay. Um, so they give her news of what's happened with Theoden and Helm's Deep. The battle seems to intrigue her the most. She then is super upset when he says they are to take the paths of the dead for no one has ever lived through going in. Uh, later that night after the others have gone to sleep, Eowyn approaches Aragorn alone and says if he must go by the paths of the dead, she wishes to go with him. Aragorn Aww. points out that her duty is to her people and she has been given the charge to govern them until the king returns. Eowyn expresses that she is sick of being chosen for such things, and shall I always be left behind when the riders depart to mind the house while they win renown and find food and beds when they return? And then after writing that, I decided to just read the whole exchange because it's super good. I can relate so much. Yeah. I know. And it's, well, and God, there are so many things to say. On the one hand, it's like, yeah, she wants to also go off and get renown because that's the kind of renown that her culture finds worthy, but also like... She's left in charge, not his steward, not, you know, the castellan of Edoras. Like, she is the ruler of Rohan while he's away, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, it is okay, I'm going to read the thing, then we'll talk be. more. <clears throat> 
A time may come soon, he said, when none will return. Then there will be need of valor without renown, for none shall remember the deeds that are done in the last defense of your homes. Yet the deeds will not be less valiant because they are unpraised. And she answered, All your words are but to say, You are a woman, and your part is in the house. But when the men have died in battle and honor, you have leave to be burned in the house, for the men will need it no more. But I am of the house of Aeoral, and not a serving woman. I can ride and wield blade, and I do not fear either pain or death. She is such a badass. Yeah. And then... I'll just read more. Okay, so what do you fear, lady? He asked. A cage, she said. Stay behind bars until use and old age accept them, and all chance of doing great deeds is gone beyond recall or desire. And yet you counseled me not to adventure on the road that I had chosen because it is per- Okay, no, none of this matters. Blah, blah, blah. But it's all really good. And Aragorn, you know, I, I honestly think Aragorn is kind of right because he's like, dude, your king said this is what you're doing. Other, you know, so I can't. But... Well, I'll just read this next paragraph here, too. Uh, the next morning, as the group is writing off, Erwin approaches again and asks to go again, and Aragorn again says no, as he would need permission of the king, which, like I said, that seems fair, because he, you know, she got a direct order from her uncle, the king, and he says of her brother, and that seems like fuck that. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. This whole bit is just very good, and I love Erwin. She's great. It's so good. Erwin uh, gets down on her knees and begs to come. Uh, Aragorn... I didn't love that bit. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't like that bit either. Aragorn gets her to stand, but still says no, and they ride off and leave her behind. Aragorn doesn't seem happy about it, but he does it. I think it's just like you know, it makes sense. Like she was left in charge and everything, but you know, you also just had you know Mary wanting to not get left behind, and you know yeah. he was at least still part of all of uh, all of it, and has now you know gotten himself pledged to Theoden, and it's like Eowyn got left behind and. She wants to not be left behind again, but she is. And even if it's left behind in a position of power, you know, she's now had that happen twice. And there's, you know, in her mind, there's no knowing whether she'll be left behind again when, you know, Theoden returns and then goes off to war again. The lack of choice really is what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And that's what she talks about is, right, being most afraid of a cage, right? She wants to choose. Yeah. I do wonder what would have... How that would have gone. It's interesting. It really is. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say that. I, Yeah, it, it's good. And I really like that whole bit. And I think it's really good character stuff, which is not Tolkien's, you know, uh, not what he usually gives us. Mm-hmm. So it was just really good to have it in the middle of all this. Yeah. So the company rides into the road through the mountain, the haunted mountain, as it is described. That's my favorite ride at Disney. I was just going to (laughs) say. And it is creepy as heck. They eventually reach a door and Halvard very succinctly says, this is an evil door. (laughs) They will go in and convince their horses to go until Gimli is the last standing on the outside. But of course, he can't let an elf go underground when when a dwarf dare not. So he goes in and is immediately blinded in the darkness, even though he is used to caves and such. As they are walking, Gimli feels the dread... What? (laughs) (laughs) What did I even write here? I don't know if it's supposed to be host or just... just, just As they're walking, Gimli feels dread. Sure. And whenever they pause, he can feel the presence of an unseen host behind them and almost hear whispering in a language he doesn't recognize, which this whole bit was super creepy. It's so creepy. 
uh, and he realizes they cannot turn back because the ghosts are behind them and the only way out is to go on. So eventually they reach a wide open room with a glittering something in it that Aragorn approaches with a torch. It turns out to be a skeleton of a man in full armor beside a door that he had been scratching and hewing at with his sword. Aragorn is all, I wonder what this dude wanted behind the door, but decides they don't have time for side quests and instead yells out to the dead that are around. Somewhere. Is he yeah. He says, for that is not my errand, he cried, turning back and speaking to the whispering darkness behind. Keep your hordes and your secrets hidden in the accursed years. Speed, only we ask. Let us pass and then come. I summon you to the stone of Eric. And I wanted to mention this bit specifically because it is the weirdest bit in this chapter. <laughs> They're like, what is this dude? What is this door? Actually, fuck that. Right? Like, <laughs> and now I'm like, what is this dude? What, what is, is this, this door? door? I know. I want to know. Seriously. It's of like all the things so not to get details. Upset. Yeah. Uh, also, because I'm, you know, in the early stages of Horizon Zero Dawn, and so I'm doing, like, all of the random around-home side quests that I can yes. do so I level up quickly. <laughs> right, yeah. So it's like, no, ex- you always, you, you've got to do the side quests because... Yeah. You don't know. The weapon that could defeat Sauron might be behind that door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he does have probably the most special weapon that could possibly exist. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Anyway, so now I'm just going to be curious about that door and that man forever. Tolkien probably has <laughs> notes about it somewhere. Maybe. I just want to know. I don't know if they've reached the internet, though. So there is no answer except a cold wind that blows out the torches, and then they cannot be relit. So that's great. Yep. The company carries on in darkness, and after what feels like an eternity crawling through the darkness to Gimli, uh, they emerge out another archway and are on a road in between two high cliffs. And everyone mounts up on their horses again, Gimli with Legolas. And at one point, Legolas looks behind them. And it's just more creepy shit, so I'm going to read it. The dead are following, said Legolas. I see shapes of men and of horses and pale banners like shreds of cloud and spears like winter thickets on a misty night. The dead are following. Yes, the dead ride behind. They have been summoned, said Elodin. Creepy. Oh, good. This, I, I, if, if you're one of the people who are like, listening to our podcast and not reading along, which is, you know, one of the reasons we do this podcast, so you don't have to. I actually recommend just reading the second half of this chapter because it is great and unsettling. It's it's so creepy. I mean, it's one of those bits that just sort of stands out from the rest of everything around it. Mm-hmm. We're like, one day, Tolkien was just like, I want to write a horror story now. <laughs> yeah. So after that, the they pass out of the road between the cliffs into a wide vale where a lot of people live. Which, I'm used to this bit in the movie, and I was like, wait, what? But yeah, they're out, and there's, like, villages and stuff. I had to pull Aragorn's... up a map to, to be like, okay, wait, I where actually did, too. <laughs> or I pull it out later, because I was trying to figure out, uh, well, anyways, yeah, maps. Aragorn says to throw off their weariness, for they must ride fast for the hill of Eric. And so they ride through towns with the dead following them. And the people, they're not very happy. I, I don't blame them. <laughs> And in fact, like eventually they start running through completely empty towns because somehow word got ahead of them that the dead were coming and, and everybody was like, fuck this Which, shit. What travels I mean, faster than the dead is my question. Gossip. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I find it so, it's so fascinating because, right, these are the people who've basically lived in the shadow of the, you know, this path of yeah. the dead that no one 
you know, comes out of. And so it's probably, you know, what they tell horror stories about. And then all of a sudden the dead are actually coming out of there. Like, yeah, that's it's a horror movie. Yeah, no, it is. All right. So they've they do eventually reach the Stone of Eric uh, where Aragorn announces who he is to the dead in the lamest way. So I must read it. <laughs> this is the bit that I've been looking forward to. So then Aragorn said, The hours come at last. Now I go to Pelargir upon Anduin, and ye shall come after me. And when all this land is clean of the servants of Sauron, I will hold the oath, I will hold the oath fulfilled, and ye shall have peace and depart forever. For I am Elisar, Isildur's heir of Gondor. And with that he bade Halvard unfurl the great standard which he had brought. And behold, it was black. And if there was any device upon it, it was hidden in the darkness. <laughs> so goth <laughs> this is the best bit because he's like unfurl the thing and they're all looking and you can't and it's blank. you can't see you can't see what's on it because it's the middle of the night and it's dark out and there's ghosts everywhere <laughs> like it's this huge moment that's been building all chapter and then Tolkien is just like oh they can't see it which yeah. at this point I feel like was just Tolkien being like oh I don't want to describe it I don't know what it looks like but describing shit is Tolkien's <laughs> favorite describing natural things he named all the horses naming things but uh, yeah, coming up with sigils is hard I just what a choice to make as a funny. writer yeah it's it's defying expectations I don't know it's it's a choice man um so anyways after that they head off towards the Anduin. And I'm going to read the last paragraph because it's also kind of creepy and weird. They passed Tarlang's neck and came into Lam... Lamedin? 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 Sure. I like Lamedin. Lamedin. <laughs> Lamedin. And the shadow host pressed behind and fear went on before them until they came to Calambel upon Kirill and the sun went down like blood behind Penethgelen away in the west behind them. The township and the fords of Kirill they f- found deserted. For many men had gone away to war, and all that were left fled to the hills at the rumor of the coming of the king of the dead. But the next day there came no dawn, and the gray company passed on into the darkness of the storm of Mordor and were lost to mortal sight. But the dead followed them. I love that it's both so good and also just like Tolkien setting the timeline. Yeah, it <laughs> is right. really good. Now they're Time synced up with... Uh... With Pippin. But that last sentence is so good. The next day there came no dawn. Yeah. And then like, End of and the dead followed them. So good. It's so good. I also After, love that like, Aragorn has this additional title now as King of the Dead. It's true. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that it was Aragorn who was King of the Dead because in the movies they had like an actual King of the Dead dude. But in this one, like the King of the Dead is coming and it's, it's Aragorn. Um <laughs> We were talking before about how rumor got to the towns beforehand. I think they actually slept at the rock. I didn't include it in the summary, but mm. they like spent the night there. I mean, I don't know. Gossip is a really sh- great. Yeah, I think it's true. Even if they didn't sleep, <laughs> yeah. gossip would have traveled faster. Yeah, it's true. Uh, favorite bits? All of it. <laughs> I loved this chapter a lot. I'm having a lot of fun reading Return of the King. Mm-hmm. More so than I expected, I guess, since this is technically my least favorite of the movies. Interesting. No, it's I just, am aware it's real it's good weird. stuff. I always like the creepy dead people. Mm-hmm. They're just really cool. I, just, I can't believe there was that whole thing with the, you know, because he set the banner, the, the, the <laughs> furled banner up really early on in the chapter. And then he unfurled it. And, oh, it was too dark to see it. Sorry, guys. Like, what? <laughs> How did somebody not be like, do you want to maybe just pretend? <laughs> 
You think anybody's going to notice that it's too dark to see? Like, is there going to be a bigger moment to reveal it later? (laughs) Now I'm going to pay attention, but I definitely thought at first that it was like a magic banner where like it was black to like human eyes, but the dead could see something. And then I'm like, no, yeah, no, it's just it's just dark. Yeah. And also, what is up with that dude? The dead dude in the door. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, man, I want to know. Anyway, sorry, I banged my book on my desk and it made reverberations in the mic. I am passionate about this dead dude, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) No, seriously. It's just like, I want to know what's behind the door. Who abandoned side quests? Everybody knows that when a video game tells you you have to do something quickly, unless a timer actually pops up, it doesn't matter. Well, or it's like everyone knows in a video game, you find which way is the actual way to go and then go toward the other path. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you avoid it at all costs. Right? Oh, I'm supposed and to go here. Let me check over there first. Sometimes you make a bad mistake and you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, reload, reload. Yep. I don't know that they have that option in the book. Yeah. yeah. Well. My intro should have been that I, I finished playing God of War and I got it to 100% completion. That's amazing. I Yeah. That takes so much patience. Know. I have not yet played. Uh, so one thing that didn't really make it into my summary here, because I just couldn't find a good place to put it in, was what the Stone of Eric is, which is a big old stone, <laughs> what? like a giant one that uh, Isildur brought over from Numenor. So it's a piece of Numenor. And Aww. I thought this was wild crazy too, and that they were, you know, sneaking onto their boats. Because from what I recall now, the Silmarillion was a million years ago. In podcast terms. So from what I recall, there was like the evil folk that were destroying things. And there were the, the very few like noble houses that remained good. And they like snuck all their people and all their shit onto some boats and sailed away because they like knew that Numenor was going down. Yeah, so and they, while they, they're sneaking. They snuck away with a little bit of the, the famous tree, a little mini seedling. Yes. yes. the fam- Yes. And also. Apparently. And a also a giant standing stone. <laughs> Like, that's what this is supposed to be like, like a standing stone. Yeah. And I'm just like, wh- why did they did put it care- on the boat? What about How food? did he get it on the boat? I guess Olmo was their friend. Otherwise, they would have just sunk. <laughs> I don't, I'm, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm, Isildur has led the most interesting life, I've decided. Right? <laughs> like, from beginning to end, it's just like, dude. It's just wild. It inspired, you've you You've done know, some wild, books. crazy shit. Yeah. Um. You also reminded me the other thing we didn't talk about is that along mm-hmm. with all of the Dunedain coming from the north, uh, they mm-hmm. brought Aragorn's horse with them. <laughs> oh, whose name is like Rohirrim. Yeah, it's, it? it's something very Rohani. Which I, is... I was listening to the audiobook, so I didn't see the spelling. And I was just like, um, okay. Hang on, let me pull it up. But um, let's see. Uh, well, the king's horse is Snowmane and Mary's pony is Steba. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, babies. I enjoy how I purposely skipped all the naming of the horses, and you're like, wait, we gotta go talk about the horses. Uh, and good names. Roheren. R-O-H-E-R-Y-N. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, like, they literally were like, um, I know Aragorn has been in the land of Rohan, where they have horses, but obviously he needs his own horse. (laughs) Yeah. Like, must bring with. I also actually, I didn't mention in the summary, but I really enjoyed when the the Dunedain company first came upon the Rohan company and I think it was Aomar who yelled out at them like, you know, halt, blah, 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 where are you going, blah, blah. And they were like, we're looking for Rohan. And like, well, you're in Rohan. <laughs> They're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, aren't you supposed to be, like, rangers? Well, I guess they only know the north really well. And once they're out of there, they're like, um... Borders are porous, We didn't look at a map. (laughs) You'd think that over here in Elodin would have some idea where they were. No kidding. And then, like, Aramur gives them a geography lesson. Like, when you cross this ford, you entered Rohan. Does he give them a geography lesson, or is he giving us a geography lesson? Well, both. Little column A, little column B. (laughs) I like that the idea that uh, Elor here and Elodin were like, oh, we know where we are the whole time. And they're listening to all the the men arguing and stuff. And it's very like, no, you're not going to ask for directions anyway. So just long suffering (laughs) elf companions. Did we we have anything else to say about Eowyn? I feel like, well, I don't know. I think there's a lot of stuff I could say about Eowyn, but also... We get to see more of her badassness later, and maybe I want to save it, just because I That's do have true. a lot of feelings. I will say, like, when I, well, we don't care about spoilers on this podcast. Not really at like, all. The, I do think that this bit, sort of more than what happens later, speaks to me about why she sort of gives up on Aragorn in a romantic way. That's fair. Because he did leave her behind, too. Well, mm-hmm. and it's, I don't know. It's hard to fall in love with someone who doesn't, like, respect your dreams. Well, the thing, I think Aragorn does respect her dreams. Uh, he, But I think he feels that, you know, the king gave her a mission, and she has to do that. I genuinely think if she hadn't had a mission from the king, he would have brought her with him. I want that Wait. AU. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, at least, right, I think he didn't want to bring her with because it's going to be, you know, dangerous. He didn't want to bring Mary with, but... um. He would have definitely caved because he has no backbone. Yeah. If not for the <laughs> you are given orders excuse. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting point because I actually kind of agree with that. But also I agree with her riding off to war and having a good yep. time with the sword. Yep. That's a weird way to put that. It was, but we got you. Both are, imp- both are important, but if she wants to go to war. Let a girl go to war. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. All righty. So next time. We will be reading book five, chapter three, The Muster of Rohan. Oh, I'm excited for that one, too. I'm excited mm-hmm. for all of these chapters. It's almost and like we we're s- coming to a head. Uh, sure. What? <laughs> we're in the third book. Uh, this, is, this is where it comes together. St- stuff had to happen eventually. Yeah, there's... Allegedly. Lord of the Rings in a nutshell. <laughs> stuff had to happen eventually. <laughs> Sometimes you wait 18 years for it, but it happens eventually. <laughs> So, if you have anything you want to say to us, you can contact us on Twitter at ToReadTolkien or email us at WantToReadTolkien at gmail.com. If you like our show and wish to support us in a monetary manner and have access to fun little outtakes and other stupid things that we do, you can do so on Patreon for as little as $1 a month, my friends. Uh, otherwise, if you want to support the show and keep all your money, which is very fair, uh, play- we always appreciate ratings and reviews on the Apple Podcasts. It's true, we do. I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. I've been Emmy. And we'll see you next time for the Muster of Rohan. Yay! Bye. I really wanted to break Bye. into the Rohan theme there, but I can't sing at all. So it would have been like torture for your ears. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, I, this is not the point of our podcast, but uh, I really liked it. I actually thought it was really good.
oh no, I I mean to play. I just mm-hmm. yeah. It's only so much time in the day, and um, my life is now Fire Emblem. I mean, fair. Uh, the other thing about it is that it's actually it's it's pretty quick. So you know, it's like even to play to completion is maybe like a fifty hour sort of thing. It's not your massive hundred hour expansive thing. So I thought you were going back to the book. Because, <laughs> and I was like, it's pretty quick. I mean, I think what pretty anyway, quick and fifty hours alongside the term book do not go together. 